0: here we go. Uh, Welcome back to another episode of Schoolhouse Rocks. Today, we are focusing on one of the most exciting aspects of a K to 12 school districts offerings to the school community, which is working with the school, the counselors and the teachers to really determine where a youngster's journey is taking them, how we connect our programs to their interests, um, what that looks like and how everyone is involved in that journey. So uh, before we discuss the nuances of high school scheduling and identifying what best meets a student's needs, I would like to invite my guests to introduce themselves.
1: Hello, this is Dominic Miller, principal at Roxbury High School.
2: This is Chelsea Mars, School Counselor at Roxbury High School.
3: Monica Mann, Director of School Counseling. School House! who
2: we
0: are.
3: It's who
2: we are.
0: And there are the voices of the people we are talking about, right? Someday those youngsters that you just heard will be students that are entering Roxbury High School, um, progressing through their four-year journey within those walls. And hopefully during that time, they'll have an opportunity to really identify some fun and exciting experiences that uh, connect with their personal interests and also help complete the journey from their learning experiences into their future beyond Roxbury High School. So when that day comes for graduation, our hope is that we have afforded them not only the opportunity to be prepared for their future, but also the opportunity to explore fun, exciting, and innovative um, learning experiences and programs that really help them decide what they're interested in and maybe confirm those suspicions, or perhaps, and equally as valuable, identify some things that they thought they might be interested in for a future journey, but maybe they aren't so much anymore, or maybe these are just hobbies or you know side interests, things like that. So um, the timing for this podcast is perfect, given the time of year we're recording it, which is the fact that we are about to embark on... school year scheduling. So let's start there. Um, What does the schedule (laughs) look like for scheduling? See what I did there?
1: Uh, No pun intended.
3: So it all kicks off on Tuesday, January 9th with 8th grade parent night where we're going to introduce the 8th grade parents um, to all of the different programs that we offer here at the high school. Um, After that, we um, have the school counselors do presentations to explain to grades 9, 10, and 11 all of the different courses and new offerings that we have. Uh, Following that, there is an electives and advanced placement fair in mid-January. Then, in February, we switch over to individual student meetings where students are going to meet with their school counselor individually to select their program for the following year.
0: All right. So before I ask you questions about those things, um, given that timeline, if you were to listen to this podcast after one of those, one or more of those events has passed, where else could you, where could we get this information? This information is on the high school website, the school counseling department website? Yes. All right. Awesome. All right. So student journeys. Let's talk about how we design programs. How do we um, recommend students for classes? How do we engage students in those conversations, and more importantly, and I say this both as a colleague and as a parent in our community, how do we involve parents in that? Uh, Parents are curious about what we offer. We're curious, they're curious about how we support their students' interests and how we place students in classes, so let's talk about all of those things um, before we get too far into the specificity of what those classes are.
1: So as far as the placements go, there's a number of factors that will go into that, and sometimes people consider it the recommendations, but it's not necessarily a recommendation, it is a placement. So we take a look at how a student is doing in a particular class. If we use math, for instance, if they're at an A-level class and they're uh, matriculating you know, with uh, you know high C, B, something along those lines, then they would stay in that A-level, uh, perhaps do an honors or an AP level, depending on how well they may be doing. Some of our struggling learners, if they're struggling in an A-level class, maybe a, a B-level placement is a little more suitable. Uh, the pace is a little different, uh, so <clears throat> a little more time to work on the depth of some of the the content, whatever it may be. So those particular placements based on how students are doing, um, you know, teachers do a really great job. It's not just test quizzes, those kind of things. It's how they, is it the projects that they're doing, how different types of assessments. Sometimes there's different types of conferencing or uh, oral reports, things along those lines that'll go on to determine how a student is placed. And it's so much more than just Great, right? I mean, if you're thinking about math or English, something along those lines, but there are so many different things we have to offer here, and some of the the ideas for placements or recommendations even are for um, elective classes. You know, for students in math classes, once you have to take three years of a math to graduate uh, high school in New Jersey. So some of our students, our seniors, will take a fourth year of math, and those are conversations they'll have with their math teachers, whether it's moving on to you know, an AP statistics class, maybe they are going to take a computer science class or something that's a little more fundamental and prepare for the first year of college. So there are different avenues for students to take other than just what is needed. So a lot of times those placements and ideas that are shared are, are for electives or additional classes within particular content areas that are not required.
0: Cool. And so I want to get uh, Ch- uh, Chelsea and Monica, I- Chanic, I kind of put <laughs> together there. So I guess that means either of you can jump in here. Um, one of the most exciting pieces I would think of being a school counselor, never having been one, is that opportunity to engage students in that conversation about mm-hmm. where their journey is going, um, how their interests match that journey. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the role school counselor plays in managing that conversation with the student. And I th- I use the word managing because. When you're working with young people perhaps their vision of where they're going may not align with reality sometimes in terms of necessarily what we offer what we can provide them um perhaps sometimes there's a placement where they really want to challenge themselves and their historical evidence doesn't suggest that's an appropriate placement or the other side Mm -hmm. maybe their historical evidence suggests that a more challenging program is appropriate but maybe they're not really trying to push the limits of where they can go academically. So how do you navigate that conversation? Because it really is delicate. And how do we kind of get the parents input into that whole thing to put it all together?
2: So I will say I focus a lot on goal setting with my students, um, both short term and long term. Um, you know, starting sophomore year, what their interests are, Sophomore year will change drastically from sophomore to senior year, and then what their goals are post high school. Um, so I think it's really important to have open communication, um, with students during those like individualized meetings and see, you know, what are their goals just for the next year alone? And then what are their long-term goals and the programs that they want to study in, in college or go into a trade for, um, you know, at Roxbury, we do have a wide variety of different classes that are offered. So I think, you know, it's really important for them to explore different things and their interests, um, And then in terms of having like the parents, you know, be involved, like we want them to have open communication with us. You know, if they see something that maybe their student is interested in that they haven't mentioned to us, you know, reach out to us. We want to have those conversations and talk about programs that we offer that, you know, we could have that student in and on their schedule. Um, I have a lot of parents reach out to me even about, you know, co-op. Their student is interested in co-op and, you know, the student never mentioned it to me. So it's, you know, it's important for the parents to also give me that insight Um, And then I can speak with the student about it and create a plan for the for the following year.
3: Yeah, I think one of the things that's important to also note is that leading into course selection, um, the counselors do a lot of career exploration uh, work with the students, especially 10th and 11th grade. Um, We're using a new platform called Major Clarity, which the counselors have done um, numerous classroom visits on where students are taking interest inventories and trying to really dig into what their interests are so that coming into scheduling, the counselors have a little bit more feedback of what the student is interested in.
0: All right. So let's, uh, let me ask you kind of a crazy question. I'll throw this out to all of you. So we talk about that partnership between students and we, parents are welcome to be part of that conversation. What would to happen if a youngster really had a specialized interest, something that may not necessarily fit our program of studies uh, I'm really proud of the programs we've worked as a collaborative team between administration, teachers. We've gathered student input, parent input to expand our program offerings over the last handful of years, including uh, dual, par- dual enrollment, partnerships with colleges. I feel like we offer a lot. In fact, I think we're probably at a point where <laughs> we probably could take a breath and just allow the magnitude of what we offer to Become solidified prior instead of continuing to add things, but there is still that possibility where a student has a very specialized interest that may not fit within um, our offerings or our sequence. How could we work to support that youngster's interests and accommodate that request?
3: So we actually have a couple of different options um, that you know, as as student and counselor have those conversations. Um, the counselors all are very aware of these three options. So there's senior option, there's independent study, and there's also college option. So college option is where a student can take a course that we don't offer at the college level. Um, Independent study is they wanna learn something here at school with a teacher that is based in curriculum, but not a course offering that we have. Um, And then senior option, I like to call it like the passion project, where there's something that they're really passionate about that's not necessarily something we offer in school that they want to have a deep dive into. Um, So those conversations happen pretty naturally and organically as the the counselor and the student are talking. Um, So thinking kind of outside the box for some of those students who are able to express, like, I have this interest and I really would like to try to do this. How can we make this work?
1: One uh, Another thing that we also do is we have a great relationship with Morris County School of Technology. Uh, we actually have, I think, 15, 16 kids on a field trip there today to explore some of the programs they have. So some of the programs that are share time programs, auto body, cosmetology, um, mechanical stuff. Welding. Welding, <laughs> welding, yeah. Electricity. So, yep. uh, yeah, electrician. So there are a lot of different offerings that – you know, our students will come that they're interested in, and, you know, so we'll help with the application process, um, help facilitate contact there, trips, et cetera. So that's another thing that we, we do as well to support students with interest that, for programs that we may not have.
0: Well, and I'm really glad that you mentioned Morris County School of Technology because there's often this um, sense of competition, <clears throat> excuse me, sense of competition between high schools and local um, vocational trade and technology schools. In terms of wanting to keep students, your students, in your school, and while I would love for us to have programs that support every student's um, wide variety of interests, uh, the reality is we just, you know, public high, comprehensive public high school can't do that. And so I do, you know, want to acknowledge, you know, what you, what you said there, Dom, that Morris County School of Technology is a really great partner, and they do offer things that allow our our students to dive deep into professional capacities that we can't. Accommodate here, and so I, I'm glad you highlighted them. The other thing I wanted to say, based on um, what Chelsea and Monica were just saying, is I think that what has happened here over—I've been here for eight years, but it was far before my arrival—the culture within the school, um, and I think that starts with you all, um, and and connects with the teachers. Our teachers have been largely really willing and excited to partner with students for things like senior options and independent studies, um, and I think that's really commendable. You know, they. Teachers, because what people may not realize is if a teacher agrees to take on a student's independent study or um, senior option, that's kind of on their own time. That's not a class that the teacher is running. That is something that they're doing um, during their time, non-instructional time during the day. And that's definitely something that goes above and beyond on their part that I want to applaud their effort and their commitment to our students on. So before we got too far away from the senior option stuff um, and independent studies, I did want to applaud our staff for their willingness to participate in those experiences with our kids. So, Chelsea, I I know there's something else you just jotted down there that you wanted to to (laughs) highlight. So go ahead.
2: Um, I just wanted to highlight that there is the ROTC um, program that is new um, where we partner with uh, Mount Olive High School. Um, So some of our students um, head over to Mount Olive, I believe it's every day, correct? A day. day, Every A day. day. day, um, And participate in the ROTC program there.
1: Well, And I'm glad Chelsea brought that up. But that just goes to demonstrate the... Commitment we have in trying to find opportunities that we can present to our students, the SDF program, the the robotics lab we created, uh, just bringing in a variety of different projects. Mr. Mason was instrumental in bringing the, our partnership with the Moore School Technology, Sports Medicine Academy, which we have a number of Roxbury students that participate in that. So you, there is a robust amount of offerings at Roxbury High School. So there is something for everybody, the same thing with the extracurricular things we have. But when it comes time to scheduling, sometimes we see... I'm jumping around here but sometimes we'll see that there's too much offered sometimes Mm -hmm. and kids are trying to choose and they're feeling like they're Mm -hmm. pulled in different directions so there is a wealth of opportunities for our students at Roxbury High School. Mm
0: -hmm. Well and I think that leads to some very difficult decisions and um, as much as we would love to help parents and students all the way through that journey part of the responsibility of a school district is to ensure that there are ample opportunities for students um, but that definitely does create some anxiety about how to navigate that journey and that's where the parents really come in with their with their students to help guide them on on you know where they're where they're headed and where their goals and aspirations are taking them because oftentimes we have parents ask us what well, should I take the AP test or should I purchase dual enrollment credits And if you're interested in hearing more about that, we did a previous episode on comparing AP classes with dual enrollment and how they kind of sit together. Uh, so I don't want to go too far into that but You know, we do have a variety of dual enrollment classes. In fact, we're working on solidifying an agreement with County College of Morris that would provide kids lots of opportunity to take classes at County College of Morris. Little known fact is in the state of New Jersey, any credits earned at a county college are guaranteed to be transferable to any public college in New Jersey. So that partnership is really quite important. And Dom, you mentioned our Sports Medicine Academy. Those youngsters, again, we have another episode on the Sports Medicine Academy, but they have the opportunity to to complete their entire senior year at CCM. So um, those options are really robust. And I think um, while they could cause some anxiety, I think getting out in front of that process beginning in eighth grade and ninth grade year, Mrs. Mann already referenced the eighth grade parent night coming up in January, shortly after the new year. Back in November, we ran an event for eighth and ninth grade parents and students. We had over 100 um, attendees where we started to share some of these things. So it's never too early, I guess, to get involved in that that process and reviewing what we offer so how does that connect to post high school life right it sounds kind of crazy to say like well as an eighth or ninth grade parent or student you should consider what life after high school is going to look like but is that an appropriate time to start planning that start thinking about that ladies absolutely
2: um (laughs) the earlier the better um i know down at the middle school they're actually starting career lessons as well um that will be followed through in high school and you know, have interest inventories taken and um, career interest um, inventories taken and exploration. Um, it's so important to have a plan for the next four years of high school um, just to set you up for attending a school or attending a trade school. Um, they don't have to know specifically what they want to do right this second, but these are skills that they're going to learn and they can at least take classes that are going to coincide with their interests, which is going to increase their motivation for academics and learning um, and really help them grow as an individual. So yes, their plans might change along the way, but I think really having that plan put in place so that they feel more prepared, they have less anxiety about the classes they're going to take. um,
3: It's really important. The other thing I think that's really important is high school is a really great time to explore interests. Um, Before you're, out of college and it's costing a lot of money and you're not sure here you have that safe space to explore a little bit you can you know try a little music try a little engineering try a little this try a little that um to really kind of hone in on what you really want to do after high school so high school is that great time of exploration
0: and and so as you as you talk about exploration i want to just go back to something chelsea said in the beginning which i think is important and probably not really recognized as something that is a critical role of our, what our school counselors offer our students, which is that opportunity to set goals, um, both short and long term goals. And those goals certainly go beyond academics, although that has been kind of the preponderance of the conversation here is, you know, developing that plan academically. Right. We set goals for lots of things, emotional goals, behavioral goals, social goals. Um, if I were a parent and I were interested in the, that aspect of what are what goals has my child set that may they may be articulating differently to me, because one of the realities of working with adolescents is they develop relationships with a variety of people in their own way, right? Some relationship with some teachers one way with their counselor, their siblings, their family, their, their administration, right? I know Dom, one of the things I love about how you interact with this school community is the relationship you have with the kids. I think you may Thank know you. all of them by name, which is really admirable and commendable. Um, so if I were a parent and I were curious about what goals my child has set, or what has their work in major clarity that you referenced, Monica? Mm-hmm. What has that been telling us? How could I access that information so I could compare notes, so to speak? Because it is okay for children to interact you know, in different ways. But if I wanted to make sure that I kind of closed the loop, or I wanted you as the counselor to know what my thoughts were on my child's goals, right? Maybe I want them to take over the family business, right? Um, and maybe that didn't jive with what they were telling you. How could, how, what's that conversation look like? How could I initiate that dialogue, or how is it initiated with me?
3: I would say that um, the door is always open. Um, so if you as a parent wanted to have that conversation, the counselors are more than willing to have that conversation. Um, so it's really just letting us know that you want that conversation. Um.
2: Yeah, and I would say too, like when we're doing course selections as well, like parents do get a forum home that has the list of uh, courses that were chosen um, and it doesn't, you know, need a parent signature. So I think that also is a conversation that they can have at home based on the um, courses that were chosen. And then we always say um, in like an email out to parents when we're doing that, that if they have any questions about any of the courses that their student picked, they can absolutely reach out to us. We can set up a phone meeting, any anything like that to collaborate.
1: And to to make parents aware of this process, I mean, obviously this podcast podcast will certainly help us out, but there are a variety of notifications that will go out, the email, the Blackboard notifications. Uh, <clears throat> also, we'll send it on a, a newsletter, put it on the Milligram. So there's a variety, of, a variety of ways we try and articulate what is going on here with the parents so that they know they can reach out. We make sure that the link to the program of studies is shared. It's shared digitally so the parents can peruse that at their convenience, You know, maybe they're sitting in the car waiting to pick up their child, and they can kind of go through some of the class offerings that we have there. But sharing the course selection sheet with the student to take home to the parents so it's something that they can discuss, see where they are, uh, it's a good way for families to start that conversation uh, to see what what interests are. Because we see sometimes that, you know, dad wants the child to take over the, the family business, and the kid wants no part of it. The kid wants to go to school for art. So... Those are some of the conversations that come up, and sometimes we have to help facilitate and moderate some of those conversations between families, uh, but that's what we're here for too.
0: Yeah, and I, I really like your use of the word facilitate because our part of our responsibility is to ensure that people are aware of what we offer, and but ultimately that journey is the child's to own, that's the student's to own. Um, and when, when that conversation involves lots of people, I really like you know Chelsea talking about our process. That form does go home. Um, we're looking for parent signature to acknowledge uh, the identification of the class plan and the sequence for next year. Um, we'll communicate when that scheduling meeting is occurring. You wanna be part of that, you just need to reach out to your counselor. Mrs. Mann shared that the counselors are always available. I think, uh, I think back to when I was beginning in education over 20 years ago, and you just kinda like had conference windows. You had these like small windows of time Because, yes, my teaching days predated email um, and, you know, people would leave voicemails and things like that. But, you know, the with the ubiquitous nature of technology, you know, people are really available um, to a degree that is unprecedented. And so if there is a question or there is a conversation that needs to be had, please don't hesitate to reach out to your school counselor, to your teachers, to the supervisors, to the administration. You know, ultimately, we are all here for the same goal, which is to help each and every student um, identify their journey, where they're headed, and how we can help them achieve their goals. Uh, going back to kind of Chelsea's reference about the goals. And Mr. Miller, h- what he identified is really also very true. The amount of information that gets shared out may actually be overwhelming, right? Um, you know, Mr. Miller sends out his Miller's minutes. There's newsletters. The information on the website is quite extensive. And then, of course, there is always the Millergram. Um, so if if you're not quite sure how to find those things, please also let us know, um, because... I think that the accessibility to information about many of the things that are going on in our school is is robust and out there. But um, scheduling and goal setting, future oriented planning for our students is really one of the most critical things we do. And this time of year is, believe it or not, when we start that process, um, even though we're still in December, we're moving into January. This is the time when we start having those conversations about what next year holds for each student. So. Please don't hesitate to engage your child, your child's teachers, your child's school counselor, the administration in those conversations, because we all have the same goal. So um, I'm really excited that you all were able to share this information. If there's any last thoughts, let's do that now.
1: Well, I have one last thing to say, Mr. Dr. Seip.
0: By all means, please do. Every day is a great day to be a Gail. Thanks for listening. (laughs)